Hello, I'm Brandon. And I'm Justine. And this is the Cozy Co-op, a podcast where I almost called it a game show. Normally, I'm the game show. You, now the show is the game this show. This is not the first time. Is it? Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Well, hi. This is the podcast where a games journalist and a creative writer talk about video games. Today, we're going to be talking about Castlevania. The spooky vampire one. Yeah. Should have done this one for Halloween. <laughs> you know, that would have been much more appropriate, but I was But excited. I didn't know about Castlevania. I, was I mean, I did know about wait, Castlevania. Wait, Katamari? No, that was December. What do we do on Halloween? I don't remember. I don't think we did anything particular. I don't remember either. Yeah. We had plans. I don't remember. Anyway, hi. How are you? Hi. I'm it is, good. It is good to see you. I know I say that every week, but like I just... We you get here in our cozy, our cozy little recording closet and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a good time. Well, yeah. Yeah. So how about <laughs> some news? Okay. Okay. It's the morning. I'm not super on my game. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Holidays got our, our record schedule all whack. A whack. A whack. Yeah. But we're getting a episode out, so. So, first bit of news, Atlas. This is a game made by the people who made Ark, or the Survival Evolved, which is like an open world sandbox freedom game with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Think Minecraft, but less about building and more about hitting each other with rocks. Minecraft. It's like Rust, actually. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's, this is basically Rust with dinosaurs and science. Okay. Well, Atlas is a new game by the same developers, and it's supposed to be a pirate MMO. It was supposed to release last week. It was delayed by 12 hours upon mm. release day because they had to fix some stuff. Then it was delayed again. Then it was delayed again. And now it's released, and it is plummeting hard. People are not happy. I guess it's still buggy. They actually found uh, a lot of... They they found the the options window of uh, ARC in this game. Uh Uh-huh. So, like... What does that mean? It means that they've built this off of ARC. Oh. Now, I get the idea of, like, reusing an engine and whatnot, but apparently they didn't do a good enough job at making it unique. Yeah. I guess. I've not played Atlas much. I've not kept too in tune with this news because I kind of had a feeling. I've not trusted these developers for years. Mm. I mean, there was a point in time back where they announced paid DLC for ARC. Yeah. Before the game was out of early access. Oh, like, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, people were not happy because, like... Yeah. If it's early access, why are you having to pay more for content, you know? Right. It, it, it's a money-making scheme. And yeah, so Atlas came out, and it's not doing well. It's a flop. Yeah. Next bit of news. I told you about this already. Fallout 76 cheaters have a way to appeal their bands. Yes. Now, how can they appeal those bands? By writing an essay about why it's bad to cheat, specifically why using third-party uh, uh, software software is detrimental to multiplayer games. Yes. Apparently, if you send that essay into their review staff and they check it out, they will be willing to consider removing a ban, which yeah. would otherwise be permanent and on all Venomax things. So that includes like uh, Unreal Tournament, I mm-hmm. think, and and what's that Skyrim MMO? Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. I know people really love modding Bethesda games, but um, yeah, it's different when it. You this know, is a multiplayer game. The rules are very different then. Like I've modded my Stardew Valley, and now I can't play multiplayer with other people. Like those are the consequences. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And. This has caused a bit of a stir with people, but whenever you issue bans on anything, there's mm-hmm. people upset. Some are like, well, these modifications or these changes aren't gameplay altering. They might be things like they change the menu setup or increase the graphical resolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I understand their position, I've always held on the opposite side of things, saying the game doesn't know that. You know, their, yeah. their detection system, their way of knowing if you've changed the game and modified it, knows if you've modified it. They don't know how. So how are they going to be able to tell so, if you're, you know, adding in an AM bot or giving you infinite supplies or stuff, you know? I mean, 
put that in your essay. I wasn't cheating. I just wanted right. to look at the pretty pictures. And then, of course, you know, can, can you trust somebody saying that? Right. I was telling you before, I wanted to, uh, I thought about making fake VR for Fallout 76 mm -hmm. by hooking up the VR headset. And tying the mouse controls to the head motions so yeah. that when I look left, the game looks left. And it wouldn't be like stereoscopic 3D, but it would still kind of have that effect. Right. Uh, but then I realized I could imagine that, that triggering modding, something. Yeah. I could see them going, is he using auto-aim software? And like, no, that's my head. Yeah. But, so, so I probably won't try that out after all. Just keep remodding Fallout 4. It's fine. Last bit of news. You know Jack Black? I know of him. <laughs> <laughs> do you know him per like I, it, I'm not, he has a number? Can I'm I not have on a his first number? name basis with Mr. Black can, at this point? Can you connect me to his LinkedIn page? I have no I'll have my people talk to his people. It's about it. Okay, I'll have my people talk to your people about his people. Right, yeah, okay. that's how this is gonna go. Well he started up his own gaming YouTube channel. I do know about this. Yeah, uh, I what's it? Jabalinski Games? Jo yeah. I guess there's only one video up on the channel right now, which is just Jack Black sitting in an office chair musing. Yeah. Something about how, you know, his son is holding him hostage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the top comment on yeah. the video, like, his son's holding him hostage, he can't leave. No, that it's his comment. Well, he commented it, yeah, yeah. on his own video. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, it's going to be largely operated by his son. Like, it's going to be directed and filmed and uploaded and edited by yeah. his son, and he's just kind of there for the fun. And Jack they're... Black is like the Guy Fieri of actors, and I'm kind of into it. Uh, he's living in his truth, he and really I can is. respect that. He looks Absolutely. like he's having a good time. He's got the beard because of Jumanji. Still, Jumanji what? came out like two or three years ago. Did it? Yeah. No, I think there's like another Jumanji happening next year. Oh, okay. I don't, I'm a games journalist, not a movie journalist. Uh, yeah. I might be wrong. Maybe he just kept... He's rocking that beard, though. He's got a beard. He does, yeah. He's, he's just... He looks ferocious. He's got that beard. And uh, that is it for our news today. How about some Castlevania? Yeah, let's talk about some vampires. Vampires in Belmont and the Catholic what Church. What is a man but a miserable pile of secrets? <laughs> Twelve secrets. Ah, ah, ah. All right. <laughs> so... Castlevania. Vampires. It is a well-known action RPG series. Mm -hmm. There's like 20-something games. It's been around since the 80s. And a lot of, a lot of like, industries consider it, a lot, of, a lot of publications consider it one of the highest-rating games of all time. It's a, just a classic. It's got a pretty good premise, and especially with its... Um, I, I like its premise of having... Not necessarily reincarnation, just the same family line. Oh, yeah. Kind of keeping up on its job. So it does give you the a lot of Belmont opportunities. Belmont family. Yeah. We'll dive into the Belmont family. I got paper notes. Got, yeah. It's only one page this time. Don't worry, y'all. He condensed it. Like I did. orange juice. I made this font smaller. <laughs> orange juice. This is the orange juice of vampire killing. It's the concentrated Castlevania. So this is a Konami product. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Metal Gear. It first. Wow, I don't think I ever made that connection. Oh, oh, it, like they 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 rebooted the game in 2013 called I don't remember. Okay, and, uh, it's a nice game. Hideo Kojima, the Metal Gear guy, he's a voice of one of the creatures in that huh. Castlevania game. The, apparently, the game took a lot of inspiration from each other. I think it's because like. Most of the time, when I think Metal Gear, I just think Kojima. I don't think Konami. That's fair. When I think of Kojima, I think of how Konami just just did him wrong. Yeah. And that's a whole nother time. If we ever do a Metal Gear we episode, we should we'll get do into a that. Metal Gear episode because that's fun. That'll be an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> he said he condensed the timeline of the uh, Castlevania games, and I was like, oh, we're just going to be Brian David Gilbert today. Yes. <laughs> Exasperatingly breaking things down with a tie. I don't have a tie. Getting slowly more crazy. <laughs> so, the first game, Straight Up Castlevania, was released in 1986 for the Nintendo Entertainment, the Famicom, if you're in Japan. Mm -hmm. This featured Simon Belmont and his quest to go kill Dracula. Was he the first Belmont? No. No. No, he was actually like the seventh Belmont. Okay. 
We'll get into that. It was directed by Hitoshi Akamatsu, who would stay on board for a lot of Castlevania titles. And it wasn't until, I think, I don't remember where, there's too many games, I don't know where is what in the timeline. Uh, you told me you did research and condensed the timeline. Not, well, not in the actual, like, the real lifetime. <clears throat> like, when it was, like, oh, okay. I can't tell you what number Rondo of Blood is. Okay. Uh, but Rondo of Blood, like I mentioned, is actually one of the most popular ones, right below uh, Symphony of the Night. Right. Which was another interesting one, followed Alucard instead of a Belmont. Yeah. And it I, also, I liked Alucard better. Aw. <laughs> uh, it also reintroduced the open world concept, which is actually... Right. It was only done one other time before, I believe, uh, in the franchise with Castlevania Two. Otherwise, all other titles before Symphony of the Night were side-scroller levels. Yeah, you just go level to level. Like, but... like how you saw with Rondo of Blood, mm -hmm. which I was... They, 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 they recently released this thing called Requiem on the PlayStation 4, where you can play uh, Castlevania, Rondo of Blood, and Symphony of the Night. Symphony wow. of the Night. Symphony of the Night on your PlayStation. It's just a, it's a port. Yeah. It's pretty nice. decent. Sometimes crashy, but... Yeah, it does crash sometimes. Just only on launch, just not... And it always works this, this, after that, you know? Yeah, and it's totally fine. Um, but, so, you've played uh, a very small bit of Rondo, a bit, bit of more both. of Symphony. Yeah. What are your thoughts so far, having not really been exposed to Castlevania games before? <sighs> I'm not good at video games. Oh. I wish I was better at them. I know, this is, this is one of those moments where... I remember a while ago um, hearing people, I think you were the one telling me that there was a question arising at one point of if you're going to be a games journalist or whatever, oh, God, should yeah. you be good at video games? And that I, I've thought about that question a lot because I've, I sit there and think, you know, maybe you're good at some video games and maybe not others. But I think uh, Castlevania really illustrates to me that I'm not like good at video games i'm not intuitive with them and older games like castlevania or like the original legend of zelda were based on one you had a booklet yeah to for tell directions. you what you can do right and um without that i'm a little lost and two there's just something about being more intuitive to gameplay and what you're supposed to do as a gamer with the controllers combos and stuff like that i have no idea how to figure out combos mm-hmm because I want to, you know, have my buttons mapped and have them just do what they're supposed to do. But we were finding out that there's a number of things I can do by, you know, pressing combinations just of buttons. Tinkering around. Right. Yeah. And that's, it takes me a lot longer to figure those things out. And so I did like Symphony of the Night. I felt like uh, Alucard's actions were very uh, appropriate. To what I needed to do, like his dodge action was really good. Once once we learned what each button was, it did get easier. Like there's a button for left hand and right hand. Yeah, and that's fine. Like uh, there was a like, in order to get going on the game, I only needed about five minutes of figuring out what the buttons did. But to get further in the game, like finding out how to use my special items and stuff, that is stuff that they don't explain to you, and you kind of have to look oh, yeah. up because you don't have a booklet. Not at all. But yeah, I started on Symphony of the Night and. Alucard was pretty good. Like, I, I like all his actions and stuff. I, I think he's... I like the way it felt. Um, I did get stuck, because, like, I could not figure out where I was supposed to be going. Oh, yeah, I... same. So, because this is the open world one, you can't just keep going right or left or whatever, but... Um, I played a little bit of Rondo of Blood and was finding that one significantly harder, despite that it was very clear where I was supposed to go. Um... Because, and I watched you playing it, and I realized why it was so hard for me. It's because you keep interacting with everything around you. You keep breaking all the candlesticks and the torches and stuff and getting the items that you need to finish out the level. I wasn't doing that because I, I thought all I was going to do was keep getting more of those hearts. Yeah, right. And, and the hearts and breaking light sources for items is a classic Castlevania thing, which is why I knew to do it. 
Right. Like, the, the and only... I knew stuff came out every time. I just didn't think I needed to do it every time. But uh, you were picking up weapons that were, like I said, mm-hmm. essential to completing the rest of the level. And I was just never getting them. And so I kept dying. That makes sense. And because because Rondo of Blood was like a side scroller, it was harder. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it had a set point where you would respawn. When you have an open world to explore, you can accidentally go really far and then ruin yourself. And then have to restart all over back to your last save point. And... Yeah. There were, um, a, like, I found one save point, and for a while that was all I had because I didn't realize that I found a door before I hit the save point, and I couldn't mm-hmm. get through it, didn't know how oh, to. But I don't know and how, then... yeah. It was still, they still glow red, but I could just walk through them. Right. They won't let me walk through until after I've hit the save point. Which, uh, which is clever, but confusing. Right, so I had been running around trying to figure out where I was supposed to go and not getting anywhere because everything else was blocked off too. Mm-hmm. Um, until I, you know, went back up. You were like, "Isn't there a door up there?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I can't open it." And then I just opened it because I'd hit the save point at that yeah point. So, um, a little bit of confusion here and there because, like I said, there's there's nothing to explain it to you. You were supposed to have a booklet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the one you looked up online trying to figure out where I was supposed to be going, and the one. T- like article you were looking at, the guy was like, "You don't need a walkthrough for this game because it's self-explanatory." I was like, oh. "Oh, yeah, don't you tell me that I'm lost and I don't know where to go or where to bend." And I had to scroll dude. to page two before someone was like, "Oh yeah, go to the alchemy lab over on the left." Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, you don't need a walkthrough." Self-explanatory. I don't need a walkthrough. I'm not. I didn't grow up playing this game. Uh, some dude. I'm just... a baby. Getting all up on his nostalgic high horse. This game's flawless. No, it's not. It's confusing. Yeah. I, I still have a lot of fun with it. It's a good, you know, that's... You're right about getting lost, though, because, like, when, when, you, when you weren't around, I was playing a bit more, and I went a direction, and I went really far in that direction, only to find that that was the wrong direction. Mm. And apparently, had I just gone left instead of right, way, way, would've way back... everything. Yeah, yeah it would have been the next cutscene. I'm like, well, okay, I, I did not realize. Yeah. I, this is... Um, you know, unlike when I was playing the first Legend of Zelda, like, it didn't grab my interest because I didn't, it was too confusing to me and I didn't know why I was there or what I was doing. Yeah, that's another booklet thing. Yeah. Um, but Castlevania, you know, it gives you your setup and everything. Plus, I like, I just really like the story behind Castlevania. And it might be because we watched that TV show. Right, yeah, because there's a Netflix adaption. Yeah, and, um... Adaptation? Adaptation. But... Adoption. <laughs> the Netflix adoption of Castlevania. Um, I mean, I've played... I, I'm interested in Legend of Zelda as a story as well, but the first game still didn't capture my interest. I think it is because Castlevania starts off with, you know, your your prologue and your well, setup, and then um, it's just things are happening very quickly, and you have cool fighting styles and stuff, and I really, really like the premise of Castlevania, and I think it is a good game, despite me not being good at it. I wish I was better so I could play more of the game, but I keep getting frustrated and dying a bunch of times. To be fair, there is a like, there's a couple of generations between the first Zelda and Symphony of the Night. True. I mean, I realize that, because the first so, Legend of Zelda is like... The very first Castlevania also has a lot of the same issues of, bam, you're, you're there. Mm-hmm. Go do the thing. But I, I agree, and like... Despite, I'm, I got a little farther than you, but like, I'm still not doing amazingly mm-hmm. at this. It's a hard game. It is. And, but uh, yeah, I'm still really enjoying it despite it driving me up a wall with those little monkey whatevers. I want to swear at them. What are they? They're these things. And I think they're monkeys, but like they're crouched down and they're wearing a green shirt and they just jump around and I can't hit them for mm. the life of me. And they keep smacking me, and I keep dying, and they can screw the monkey. I really hope they're monkeys. I don't know what they might be that otherwise. That is a good point. Goblins? One of the frustrating parts of Castlevania is if you are trying to hit something that's not directly in front of you, you have to time things really well. Oh, yeah, or hope that the special item you have does the thing you right. need. Like the axe jumps in an arc, and, you know, you can hit things that way. But yeah, it's it's... It's cool because of, you know, I like the whip system. I like having that yeah, range. Yeah, the and, range. But yeah, it does get problematic. And that was the same thing with a lot of games. You know, 
Uh, I don't think he could you shoot. You couldn't shoot diagonally in the first Metroid, for example. Mm-hmm. And like that made things hard to hit if they weren't right. in front of you. Or even better is if they were on the ground because you couldn't crouch shoot. Yeah. So you if if they were on the ground and they were one square tall, you just couldn't hit them. Right. That's a, Mega Man gave you more range, right? Mega Man? Yeah. I mean, it was a gun. No, not I meant like range of movement, like up and down. And, oh. Because mm. I remember... You know, Mega Man does have some really nice feeling control for its age. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I mean, you still are restricted to shooting forward. Right. Which... But I think you can actually adjust the angle of your shots. Not in the first. Well, the one I was playing. Fair. Uh, I mean, part of the gimmick of Mega Man, though, is you alternate through different forms to shoot differently, so... True. You know, if I ever needed to shoot upwards, I would use, you know, Elect Man's electric shoot, which goes forward, up, and down. Which I guess is the nature of the items in Castlevania. That's true. Very true. Want to know something neat about, uh, the whip? I'd love to know something neat about the whip. If you press forward at the final frame of animation for his whip attack... You will actually extend the range of the whip. See, this is the stuff I'm not going to figure out. I didn't know about this. I, I just came across that when, yes, perusing the forums. and Yeah. It, it, a lot of people will just kind of spam forward when they attack because you don't need to hit it. Like If you hit it early, it's not a problem as long as you press it on that final frame. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I tried it a bit and like it just inched a little bit farther and I glowed a little bit and like, oh, huh. that's neat. Interesting. I can't imagine really needing that that yeah, minuscule distance more, yeah. coverage, but sure, that's cool. All the same. Makes me feel like a pro. Uh-huh. So, do you want to talk about uh, the Netflix show? I'd or, love to. Um, I was going to say, or the lore. Well, it's kind of the same thing. They do cover each other, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so the Netflix show. We've only watched season one, which is four episodes long, and then the next season is eight episodes. I've, I think it's ended there. I don't think there's going to be more, because it looks like, like, we just kind of glanced ahead at episode titles and stuff, but it looks like it ended there, but, um, not sure yet. Anyway, it follows Trevor Belmont. Correct. And apparently within the Belmont lineage, he is the second? Mm, I think third. Second or third. He's Uh, actually real. I thought, see, it surprised me because when we were watching it, the story of the TV show... Fourth. The fourth, okay. The story of the TV show is that uh, Dracula found a wife, a very compassionate scientific woman who wanted to learn more about medicine so she could help more people. And Dracula held all the secrets, so she went to see him, and that's how they met. Mm-hmm. Um cut to a few years later uh the catholic church burns her at the stake lisa burns her at the stake um for being a witch when all she was doing was science but because it was beyond their grasp of knowledge they claimed it was witchcraft and killed her because this was like the 1300s right this is um back when that was all the rage yep um and me knowing a good deal about the witch hunts that the Catholic Church uh, went on at this time, a lot of it didn't have anything to do at all with any actual witchcraft. A lot of it was, I don't like this person. Either they're gaining more social power than the Catholic Church or for any number of reasons, really, that didn't have to really do with witchcraft, but you could make that claim because you know <clears throat> they resisted science because science would go in an opposite Explain, direction yeah. yeah it would delegitimize a lot of the church's preachings and the power of the church at the time was in all the answers they could provide that the current level of science couldn't all of the mysteries that they could answer or claim they were answering and so they gained a lot of social and political power that way because people just trusted them as soon as someone came along and started debunking any of that stuff, or not even debunking, just making explanations for things that hadn't previously been answered, they didn't like it. Now, I'm not saying this is because of the religion itself. I'm saying it's because of the people, namely affluent men, 
who were in power at the time and didn't want to lose that power. A lot of the tithes and the donations and things were going straight to them. Um, that is a lot of what the Castlevania, <clears throat> sorry, Castlevania story deals with. I know that the Belmonts fell out with the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and this is touched on in the show too, in that the Belmonts are a family basically made to fight vampires and monsters and the like. Yep. And all of the dark creatures of the night that hurt people. They know how to fight them. They are generations that learn from their predecessors and how to do this. And every time Dracula's castle shows up, they're around to take care of it. Um, so the Catholic Church didn't like this because they claimed they were just as bad as the demons they were fighting because sometimes they used magic or sometimes yeah, they, used... they used they used any kind of magic so you know oh if they're using magic we can blame them for all this dark magic right so they decided that the belmonts were just as bad and excommunicated them from the church now it is worth saying this is not the game lore this is but the this tv is show Netflix's lore. lore but that's what i'm saying is this kind of um it it turns this show that's about you know vampires and vampire hunting to its deeper meaning of like this is what was going on like Mm -hmm. they would just claim whoever was an enemy so that they could get people rallying behind them there's a cool moment towards the end of the first season when uh trevor starts uh calling out the priests in front of the townspeople and they start to realize that yeah they've been duped by priests and it it even looks like some of the lower level priests are just average dudes who got recruited and liked being able to bully people whenever they wanted. Oh yeah. Um, uh, uh, holy thugs. So this isn't how the entire Catholic church operated. Of course there were, oh, this you is know, dramatic. Right. For a show. And it's, there's also, you know, you have your, uh, communities of people who actually did, you know, share the, the wealth and take care of, those in need and there were a, a couple of catholic priests i believe in their final fight in season one who blessed the holy water so that they could fight against the demons coming after them and they stuck around and fought with the people because they didn't realize mm-hmm. they were probably even lower level because they were actually men of the people yeah men, yeah so um it's it just does highlight the danger of putting people in that much social power of yeah and I was I was uh, curious about this because I could, to me, Castlevania is, you know, a guy goes, kills monsters, fights Dracula. I was curious on how they're going to make that into an, an engaging TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, by by this inclusion of these more narrative subjects through the Catholic Church and sure, whatnot, yeah. really, really did do exactly that. It still has those cool fight action moments with monsters and stuff. But it had, you know, story I, to keep me engaged. I do remember you were so excited um, in the last fight scene of season one that was between Trevor and Alucard. Oh, it was so good. Because you were you were excited the entire time because you love the silhouette of the castle and you love all the elements of the game series being tied into the show. Um, but it really, I you were getting so excited in that last scene because all the weapons were coming out. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I recognized, you know, game weapons being applied. Yeah, and like, you know, uh, it, you were just getting really excited. And it was kind of fun to watch because you were just like, oh, man, oh, man, that's the sword. Oh, man, I'm so into this. And you're like all nostalgic and everything. So, yeah, uh, apparently from your opinion, the Netflix show did a pretty good job of doing both entertaining and keeping true to the, the lore Absolutely. of the games. It is a Netflix show, and Netflix is kind of... You can tell with this one that they're going, well, we don't have to censor anything. Oh, yeah. This is, so, this is rated M. It is it very is, mature. You see an eyeball. You, you see like, an eyeball come, come out. out of a yeah, person. it's not great. It's, it's gory, yeah. But it is, it's got some really great voice actors in it, too, though. Same director is working on a Devil May Cry Netflix show. It should be. Is it on good. Netflix? I don't remember. But yeah, he's making a Devil May Cry show too. So um, that will probably be pretty good. And you told me that you had discovered what the issue between the Belmonts and the Catholic Church was. Is that a game yes. lore or is yes, that TV lore? It's okay. A game. Tell me the game lore. How about first that ad break? Oh yeah, we have an ad break. 
Vampires, flea men, medusa heads, skeletons, can't get rid of them, House Belmont can. We're a local family business started by Leon Belmont, and we are just passionate about service and quality. Let us rid the countryside of Dracula's evil and get a free 100-year resurrection warranty. All our products are blessed and environmentally friendly. House Belmont. Okay, so, Lore, are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. I feel like I overdid it on the TV show. <laughs> now, we're talking about games. the, the, the fun, fun bit about the official storyline is, while it's official, they regret having it be official. Mm-hmm. Because one of the gimmicks of Dracula is he is resurrected every 100 years. Yeah, I will say, one second. This is why I thought Trevor was way later in the line. Because with Dracula's wife being killed, he takes vengeance on the entire population of this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's like literal fire raining from the sky and demons attacking every night. And just killing everyone and slaughtering everything that moves because that's um, what he deems is fair for them taking the life of his wife. And with all of this going, it's like apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's, I thought Trevor, and he talks about, you know, kind of being distanced from the Belmont career because of the excommunication. Um. I thought he was way later in the line. I thought this was like one of the last things. Oh, no, th- this, this, uh, the storyline stops in 2037. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting because this is like, like you say, like 1340s it, or whatever. The very first instance, uh, in the, well, before I forget, yeah, the developer, the, the director, Akamatsu, regrets having an official pl- uh, uh, timeline, mm-hmm. because of the whole 100-year thing, they are under a certain restriction. You know, now, you know, we can only fit a game in in certain spots in the timeline, because otherwise they'll conflict with the other games. What's the 100-year thing? Dracula is resurrected every 100 years. Okay. That's just... That's okay, it. yes, yes. Okay, I understand now. So, you know, now it's like, oh, we can't have a game set around this time period because then it wouldn't make sense with these mm-hmm. games. And he kind of regrets having there be a timeline for that reason. Yeah. Anyway, it starts in 10, what is it? Uh, 1098. Okay. With Leon Belmont, the first of the Belmonts. He had, uh, let me see my notes here. Okay. He renounced the church in order to rescue his wife. Interesting. Or fiancé. They weren't married. From these evil spirits, entities, something or other. And that's where it began. That's when the Belmonts no longer were part of the church. It's because he renounced his loyalty to the church because he wanted to go help her. And they were like, no. They didn't want him interacting with I don't know the creatures. details. I skimmed. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go look well, it up now. <laughs> he could not save his fiancé. Oh, well, However, that, okay. he did use her soul to create a holy whip of sorts called the Vampire oh. Killer. A whip that would occur in almost every game hereafter. It is a cool whip. It is a cool whip. Cool. <laughs> Don't even start with me about some pie-topping gar- No. We're talking vampires, not baked goods. Sorry. It was an accident. <laughs> Anyway, turns out Leon's close and trusted friend uh, plotted this whole thing. The wife dying, her getting kidnapped. Interesting. Because he had become a vampire. Oh. In order to defy God, who let his wife die of illness. Okay. And This this is why I love Castlevania. People do some really wrong stuff. And, uh... This is where the idea of the Belmont becoming vampire hunters began. All right. Now, it, I'm into that. It wasn't until 400 years later when Dracula actually appeared. Dracula appeared, started wrecking havoc. The church was forced to ask, da-da-da-da, Belmont. Trevor Belmont. Oh, here's where we hit yeah, the Yeah, so the show. Netflix adaption was the beginning of the Dracula line. Okay. That makes sense. So it yep. sounded like he'd been around for a long time, just quietly, though. Perhaps, 
perhaps. And maybe, you know, yeah, the Netflix showed it showed us why right. it started then. But he teamed up with Alucard, Dracula's yes. son, who doesn't agree with Dracula's new reign of terror. Yes, I believe um, in the show they make it sound like Alucard is also, you know, Lisa and Dracula's son. I don't know how that worked, but... I don't know. So they go do... it wasn't a Twilight situation. They go do the thing. Hundred years pass. Dracula returns. Now the protagonist is Christopher Belmont. He defeats Dracula. Okay. Hundred more years pass. Now we're into Simon, the protagonist of the very first Castlevania. Mm -hmm. So we've we've hit Castlevania 1 here with Simon, who defeats Dracula, but ends up cursing himself in the process. Ooh, how does he do that? uh, It's just... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm summarizing a lot here. Give All right. me a break. Condi- the con- well, the curse is slowly making his body rot away. So, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest, mm-hmm. which introduces a chain whip, by the way. Oh, okay. another common feature. Uh, is that the quest of him trying to rid himself of the curse? Okay. So that one's not Dracula based. Well, hundred more. Okay, I thought the chain whip was the holy vampire killer. No, holy whip, whatever was uh leather. Oh, And okay. it's normally been leather up until Simon's Quest. The actual vampire killer, vampire slayer, it's had a number of names. Some call it just straight up the holy whip. There's always one of every generation. I can't recall if they're the same whip or what the deal is. Or they just make their own. Or but it's, they their, all, it's like a lightsaber. You have to make it. Yeah. Every Belmont has a special whip that's not normal. Okay. <clears throat> well, a hundred more years pass, and we've introduced Richter Belmont, the star of Rondo of Blood. Yes. He, he's off to go defeat Dracula. He saves Maria Reichardt at the same time. I guess his fiance is also captured by Dracula, but I don't remember where in the it's game. a lot it of girls being captured by Dracula. So <clears throat> he goes, he defeats Dracula, and then four years later, he disappears. Okay. Not long after this, same generation, Alucard appears once again. Yes. This time again to fight off his father, Dracula. Yes. Rescuing the enslaved Richter Belmont who has been taken control of by the Dark Priest Shaft, who I guess helped in the resurrection of this iteration of Dracula. Isn't he from a different game franchise? Shaft? Or a, TV, or a movie. <laughs> I was making a joke. The cop? I was making a joke. Was Shaft a cop? I, I think so. That's a bit old for me. There's a movie poster in uh, Raising Cane's, I think. You're definitely referencing something from the 80s. Yes. This is before our generation and our listeners' generation. There's there's one person on our listener base who gets what we're we talking don't know, about. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, Alucard comes in. He does his whole thing, rescues. I really love Alucard as the a Belmont. Because it's one thing to have the Belmonts, like, in all their various incarnations doing their thing, but, like... Alucard being the son of Dracula and being like, look, dog, <laughs> I cannot abide this. Dad, chill. Yeah. And like, clearly he doesn't die either. So it's just this epic stalemate between them. Because Alucard is a vampire. Yeah. Well, a hundred years go by. The Belmonts are gone. No one knows where they went. Oh, no. So now the Catholic Church is like, oh, crap, we need to find somebody who can take care of this new Dracula. Yeah. And they end up recruiting the Morris family. Interesting. Now so there's a new family. There, there's like there's two games where you play as a Morris instead of a Belmont. All right. That didn't stick around. Nobody nobody wanted that. They wanted the Belmonts back. Eventually, the Belmonts returned in another game with Julius Belmont. And by this point in time, it's 1999. Whoa. Because you got to remember, each iteration, that's 100 years. Yeah. So Dang. that happens. And then there was one other game that takes place in 2036, but I can't remember if that one's in the same universe, because this one might be... There was <sighs> Shadow of the Something. I wish I could remember what it's called. But yeah, they there was a reboot uh, in 2013 for the Castlevania games. Okay. But it was made by a Spanish company. And in order not to kind of step on the toes of the concepts and ideas of the past developers, they made it an alternate universe type deal. Okay. This is a game that I was saying Hideo Kojima was uh, a voice in. Oh, okay. And like this one was more of like a, a God of War style beat em up attacky slashy thing mm-hmm. instead of that side scroller walk slowly up a staircase. So, okay. And then there was another game. I didn't write that one down because I didn't think it was important. <laughs> okay. And that is more or less the timeline of the Belmont family. 
That's actually pretty good. I think it's really cool. Yeah, just this this idea of a family training yeah. itself year after year because it knows Dracula is eventually going to come back. Yeah. I wonder if they know, because it is a hundred years every time. I wonder if the intervening generations, they're like, you can just they're like, the chill. lucky ones. You can just chill. You don't have to that do anything. That's a good point. Like, do they get it easier? And like, once they have the appropriate generational child, do they go, all right, you get to train hard. Yeah. But then it raises the question of like, the intervening generation would probably still have to know the stuff, right? In order to, tr well, to train their kid. I would imagine each generation probably go through the same training because while... Dracula a lot of times is defeated, he's not gone. Yeah. And a lot of time his influence isn't gone either. So like there's still True. monsters still and creatures of and his be of his doings. That is yeah, about. the lucky generations are just like, well, I may have to be fighting imps and fire demons, but, but no Dracula. Dracula this time. We're good there. So that is really interesting. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. Man, I'm. Fan fiction fingers are itching. <laughs> fan fiction fingers. <laughs> fan fiction fingers. I'm trying to think of like a fast food joke. I got nothing. <laughs> like a McDonald's, but for fan fiction. You know, I'm sure this joke has been made before. Mick OCs. <clears throat> a smorgasbord of OCs. Well. Can I tell you some fun facts now that we've got the lore out of the way? <laughs> There's more fun facts? These are just miscellaneous facts. I'm having facts. so yeah. much fun already. <laughs> All of these facts. We need to, well, you know, when I get back from me, I'm going out of town this weekend. When I get back, mm -hmm. we need to, like, cuddle up on the couch and watch more Castlevania because I'm getting I'm down for that. I, I, I'm engaged The only thing, the like show. we said, it's a very adult uh, show. Yeah, don't don't watch with your children. Yeah, make sure they it's, understand. It's not just the like the the language and, and content. That oh it's, yeah, it's, they do swear a lot. It's the the goriness. Mm -hmm. It's very gory. But that's that's the only thing that's kind of held me back from finishing it is I can't take too much at a time. I get it. I get it. Well, here's, here's a speaking of like censorship and whatnot. The international version of the game underwent greater censorship because that's just a, a policy Nintendo has. Okay. They don't they don't want. Uh, sexual or religious imagery in their international games. Okay. Which I can understand. Wait, why is Nintendo in this? Uh, this was for the NES. Okay. So I'm talking about the first, first game. Mm -hmm. The Nintendo Entertainment System, they had a different version made for the international game <coughs> compared to the Japanese <coughs> game. Okay. One of the changes included, uh, they put more clothing on the stone statues so that they weren't naked. All right. That, yeah. What was interesting, though, is... They did not, ch they, they changed almost none of the religious context. I was about to say, how would you go about censoring that in Castlevania? Which I, I find this very interesting because Nintendo is the kind of people, they get rid of the cross on Link's shield because it was too religious. Wow. Like, that's how straight up they don't want religion in their games because they want something everyone can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Then Castlevania's over here like, gigantic cross. That's the other holy thing. Holy water. That's the other thing. Why are there so many crosses in, in Dracula's castle? Hmm. Because I was running around playing this game and there's like one over the door and I'm like, can you not go into this room? Like, why do you have so many? Like, are you that into the gothic aesthetic that you just have to have it, it even though it hurts you? Through, He's like... so into it. He's like, the pain keeps me going. You know, I feel something at least. Maybe that's how he keeps his monsters from escaping the castle. <laughs> it keeps everyone nobody like in, nobody out. Yeah, it's like an electric fence uh, <laughs> from the Lord. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really want to know. I feel like it's really, honestly, I genuinely think the answer is that it's just for the drama. For the drama. For the absolutely. drama of it. I like to think that the Belmonts put him there and it's <laughs> such a big castle, Dracula hasn't noticed He yet. hasn't taken them all down. It's like when you put pictures of Nicolas Cage all over your friend's yeah. apartment. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of like when I see online somebody replaces their family portraits with like, you know, pictures of uh, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's not a great example. You get what I mean. Yeah. See how long it takes? There's this one guy, he, he photoshopped a family portrait to where his father was constantly just a little bit smaller and smaller every time. <laughs> so when I was like, his his father's half the size of his rest of his family and no one said anything yet. Yeah, because people don't notice. Stuff, stuff like that. Maybe yeah. he's just, it's been a, a few hundred years and he just forgets about them now. Okay. One more fun fact I think you'll enjoy. Okay. Dracula's design is heavily inspired by Vlad the Impaler. No. Yep. 
hey, don't you be all smart with me. I was like, oh, wow, that's really nifty. I never thought about that. That's where the Dracula stories came from. I know. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> like, all right. Well, because like, that, that's, that didn't stick with Dracula, you know? You got, you got the, 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 oh, oh, oh. Uh, who wrote Dracula? Do you remember? Do you Bram know? Bram Stoker. Nice. Well, in the credits of the first Castlevania, there's a bunch of parody names of people who influenced them. For okay. example, Bram Stoker was like Glam Stronker okay. in the credit line. Like <laughs> that that's how they paid tribute to all of their inspirations, yeah. just silly names like that. Well, fun fact, Dracula, the character, is public domain. Oh. So I could put Dracula in any of my works and That's it'd true. be legal. That's true. Are you going to write a piece about Dracula just dramatically decorating his castle? That's the thing. It's not going to be about Dracula at all. He's just going to be there. Oh, oh. <laughs> Everything's going to have throw Dracula. In his existence. He's just going to be there because I can legally That'll be the do one that. thing that connects all of your stories together yeah. into one universe. Yeah. I'll have to go rewrite King of Fools. Right. <laughs> <laughs> put Dracula. No, shoot, I did. Oh my God. Hold on. Okay. I do actually have to say Victor in. Belmont? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good one. Okay. No, Victor uh, Vogernard, one of the characters in King of Fools. Yeah. He is very mm, gothic mm-hmm. and writes very... Oh, I could imagine he'd be super into Dracula. That's the thing. Like, he they keep Dracula. making jokes that he's a vampire and stuff. I th- was starting to write a prequel. Okay. Um, for King of Fools that just focuses on the, the four noble French boys. They go to Victor's summer home, mm-hmm. like his family's summer home. And on the, on the wall in his room, I wrote this in, is a portrait of Vlad the Impaler. Nice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because I felt like that was something he would do. <laughs> so I cannot believe this, but yes, canonically speaking... He's somewhere in the King of Fools universe. So, uh, I think I've said everything there is to say about Castlevania. I look for. I'm probably going to play more. I want to beat Rondo of Blood. I do. It's mm-hmm. hard, but I want to. So I think I'm just going to go back and try every so often. Okay. Anything I'm... else you felt like sharing about the game? No, I just, I don't I know. I'm good. I'm just really into it. I like, I think Richter's my favorite, honestly. Which, by the way, Richter and Simon Belmont have recently... They're, they're in Smash. They are Super Smash Brothers characters. Yes. Yeah. Where, at some point, I want you to play the classic mode of, as mm-hmm. Richter. Okay. Because you fight Dracula, and the rules are very much the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to hit him in the head, and then he yeah. transforms into giant Dracula mode. Um, it's, it's a really cool tribute to yeah. see. I remember when they were first announcing that Simon was going to be in Smash, and they said that uh, Richter was going to be his Echo Fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I was like convinced they were brothers mm, until grandchildren. Well, well, somebody did bring that up. I was like, are they not like brothers? And they're like, no, Richter is like Simon's great grandchild or whatever. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's mm. not okay. Yeah, but. I'm I'm happy. I didn't think they'd be in because Konami, they there's it's a Konami product, and Konami's been kind of a stickler with their IPs mm-hmm. the last several years. Yeah, but I digress. Um, house capping. Yeah, I guess outcropping. I do want to say though, Small Castlevania Bitcoin. being the name of the castle is weird to me because it seems like a, a state of being. Oh, like like you're like a mania. Yeah, like, you're in Castlevania now. Because it's, it's like Transylvania. Yeah. And a castle. That's the other thing, is, it, it, like, it could be a country, it could be a state of being, but it doesn't seem like a castle name. I get it. I never It never occurred to me that that was a castle's name either until I heard it in the prologue. Thing. Yeah. The Dread Castle, Castlevania. Yeah. Ooh, name dropper. <clears throat> Houston. <laughs> so, housekeeping. If you enjoyed this, or another episode, or something like that, give us a review on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, it helps us get seen by people of not the show. Yeah. 
Anyway. Can I do housekeeping? <laughs> no, my housekeeping. <laughs> Get your own. All right. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at Cozy Co-op Podcast. I tweet when the episode goes up. I make jokes and stuff. And if there's like a delay or something, I explain why. It's also a really good place to give feedback. You also could give feedback to our email address, which is CozyCoop at TheLizardRock.com. So, uh, suggest a game for us to talk about. Uh, send us some cool information or a story or something about a game we're already going to talk about. Uh, give us a hard time for our lesser quality episodes. Send us pictures of Belmont. Dracula? Castles. Castles. Send us a picture of a castle. And I'll rate the spooky level of it. All of this information, by the way, can be found in the show notes, so you don't have to try to remember or figure out the spelling or whatnot. Just look at the show notes. Yeah. The news you heard earlier can be found at thelizardrock.com. I write news there every day about video games. It's also where we host the podcast itself, so go check that out. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting thelizardrock.com slash support. There are ways you can help us with minimal effect to you. I forgot to write down next week's episode. What are we doing? Next week's episode will be... Shovel Knight. Announced. See, I'll, I'll just, I'll add a robot voice in there. Okay. I'll, I'll make it, I'll a figure. Microsoft Sam Future, our listeners will know, it'll be a surprise for us. Okay. So, <laughs> tune in for that next week. All right. <clears throat> That's it for us today. Why do you hand me this to read a single line of dialogue uh, that I've already said multiple times? Because without the paper, I will mess up a single line of dialogue. That's Are you about it. to flex on me right now that's, with the outro music? That's it for us today. Cozy up with us next week on the Cozy Co-op. Why don't you just dab on me while you're at it? Outro! God, I wish you guys could have seen that. And they never will. It will stay that way. Bye, everyone. Hey, Dad. Look, um, listen, I'm doing a thing for work, and I need a soundbite of somebody saying Shovel Knight. Say what? Shovel Knight. Like, uh, you know, kings, queens, knights. Shovel Knight. Yeah. Okay. That's all I needed, really. Thank you. Okay. All right, well. Did uh, you get what you needed, or do I need to do it and send it to you? Nope. That's all I needed right there. Thank you. <laughs> No problem, son. Love All right. Love you, too. Bye.